Golden Spiral Media presents Chester's Mill Gazette, an Under the Dome podcast. Hello, it's been quite some time, but the Chester's Mill Gazette is about to go back into another printing run as Under the Dome returns to CBS very soon. On Thursday, it's New Day, June 25th, at 9 p.m., 8 o'clock Central, Season 3 begins with a two-hour premiere. Later episodes are going to be at 10 p.m. And based on what we've heard, an explanation of the reason for the Dome will be in the very first episode. Audible gasp. To get you ready for the new season, seven different Under the Dome podcast hosts representing four podcasts got together to recap season two and look ahead to what we're expecting in season three. Enough numbers for you? <laughs> in addition to Doug and I, other podcasts represented were Wayne and Troy from Under the Dome Radio, Mark Deco from Solo Talk Media's The Under the Dome Podcast, and Robert Southgate and Olivia from the Chester's Mill Report. The whole shebang was moderated by Aaron Peterson from The Hollywood Outsider. You're going to hear our thoughts about the best and the worst characters, the best and worst plot points, what we're hoping to get in Season 3, and much more. So, get ready to watch Under the Dome on Thursdays, and then send in your feedback to the Chester's Mill Gazette by going to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. Yep. We're not sure when we're going to be recording just yet, but get those letters to the editor in, and you can start right after the first episode airs. And we'll get them in the show. And now, the Under the Dome Podcasters Season 3 Roundtable. Well, how's everybody doing? Greetings, residents of Chester's Mill. We have an exciting hour or so planned for you today from our esteemed council members on our Season 3 preview panel today. My name is uh, Aaron Peterson. I will be the moderator for this evening. I can be found at thehollywoodoutsider.com. Not talking about Under the Dome at all. And with me today are the ones who should be running Chester's Mill instead of Big Jim or Julia or, hey, who's running things this week? Not oh, Christ, it doesn't matter. To hell with it. Representing the Under the Dome radio podcast this evening, Sir Troy and Sir Wayne are in the house. How are things going, guys? Going well. Hola. Como esta? <laughs> it's going to be bilingual this year. Thanks, on thanks for the Spanish lesson. We appreciate that. Hey, I, I'm here to help. We are doing well, right, Sir Troy? Absolutely, Sir Wayne. Glad to be with everybody. And I guess we have to add a foreign language teacher instead of a science teacher for season three. <laughs> Someone else for Big Jim to whack with a hammer. Oh, that was so harsh. Ouch. Yeah. It's so angry. Uh, on the other side of town, yet still owned by Big Jim Media Group, we have the reporters from the Chester's Mill Gazette. Doug and Karen, what's new with you guys? No. We're having a great time here, man. Oh, wow. I can hardly wait to start this uh, this new season. Frankly, what is the right name, Frank? Is that a new character? Uh, we're going to be trilingual. Um, and since we're sign language, paper, we're going to have Braille and sign language. So for oh, those I that can, listen to our podcast, we're going to have both of those. <laughs> it doesn't work real well in the podcast. But, uh, it's going to be perfect. Just wait. I, I can do a little German, you know. I. That's the best I got. Are you trying uh, to separate yourself from your competition here? That's by right. Introducing audio Real? sign language. That's right. <laughs> well, to the north, hiding in the woods with Sam, but spying on everyone better than Andrea ever could. 
Mark from the Under the Dome podcast on Solo Talk Media. Bonjour. J'ai bien hâte à saison 3 qui commence. Ooh, <laughs> look at happen? that. And with that, the show is over. <laughs> Drop the mic. Was that French? Yeah, that was French. Oui, oui. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to season 3. I, I know it's the, the show is crazy, it's weird, but I have so much fun talking about it. Just... Ripping it apart and having a great time, so I can't wait for season three to start. Oh, I can't wait for more butterflies. Okay. New to the panel this year, reporting live from the now deserted Chumley's Cuts and Trims, and let's not forget raptures and stabbings. The Chester's Mill report. Welcome, Rob, Martha, and Olivia. Hey. Or is it just Rob and Olivia? That's a good question. Is Martha with us today? <laughs> <laughs> Did she fall down a cavern? I'm not sure. She might be lost, lost in the in the cavern. Okay. And Rob, are you there, Rob? Oh, I think Rob he went into the light. I don't know what happened to Rob. He escaped. Yep. Uh, well, if if she comes back, then we'll we'll reintroduce Rob. Hopefully, he's still there, and maybe he's not. Maybe he's hanging with Julia somewhere. I don't know. Let's uh, let's kick this off with an easy one. After season two, are you guys all still coming back to do your podcast in season three? <coughs> Mark? That's Doug Coffs. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, didn't need that. Coming back. The Under the Dome podcast will be there front and center. What about everybody else? Troy, Wayne? You bet. You're coming back? Well, everybody's on. It's Doug's off positive about that. I, I need to just have some talks just to make sure. Yeah, yeah so we're coming out with a uh, new volume of the Chester's Mill Gazette. Uh, we're getting the uh, getting the printing presses all uh, wired up here. Yep, that's right. Okay, so everybody's coming back. Why, Olivia? Why are you coming yeah. back? I mean, did you watch season two? I did. Yeah, we we did the podcast all throughout, and I actually uh, was doing reviews for it for the formerly show rated <laughs> that we just switched over to tvbinges.com. So I got the dual pleasure of writing about it on a weekly basis and podcasting about it. That's a lot. Of... Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of knocking down one of those to just doing the podcast about it. So I'm, I'm still very excited. <laughs> <laughs> now, is any... Okay, here's what I want to ask. This is an important question. I want to ask why. Are any of you still as pumped about this show this season as you were last season? Raise your hands. I'll say that I'm uh, op- cautiously optimistic. I think at the very end of, of uh, season two, they looked like they were open up things, you know, really, really blow the whole plot line, you know, out away from and, uh, some of the uh, interpersonal things were a little tedious uh, in my estimation. I mean, it's good to have character development and I like to have character development, but I just think some of it was rushed uh, for, because they had uh, the, the short season, but, and then we finally got into some more of the, uh, the myth arc, but I, I especially with that um, that uh, trailer that we see in the extended season three trailer, I do have uh, higher hopes. I wouldn't say they're high; I just say we're more so than season two. Yeah, I agree. It, it got really mushy. The more things they added to it, the more mushy it got. If that what? makes sense. That's an interesting word. What? Why did you come up with mushy? Just sappy. No, not not that kind of thing. That's what I think with mushy storylines getting all mushed up. Oh yeah, where like um, they didn't get stretched out. You know what? Um, 
we didn't get to see a lot of development. It just all got mushed together in an hour. Uh, and to me, that doesn't make for a fantastic program. It makes for sometimes an entertaining program, but not like a really great program. And uh, it was like hit and miss last season. And I think what they did is they made it open to uh, start kind of fresh the way they did. Uh, there are a few threads hanging that they need to go back to and sew up. But um, otherwise, you know, there's just this, you know, is the dome open? Is it not? Is, you know, Melanie really back? Uh, you know, there's definite concrete dead people, concrete alive people. Uh, but otherwise, you know, they're free to kind of go in whatever direction they want. So, Well, speaking of ups and downs, let's let's just get into the nuts and bolts of it. I mean, in terms of last season or from the show itself so far i would say probably second season is probably what most people are focused on since it's so recent what were your favorite moments troy um favorite moments would be the first episode because it was written by mr king himself and i think Mm -hmm. that was really something that was the big highlight of the season because it started out so good and we got the apparitions and we got the Dodie, you know, poking her chest and uh, 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 <laughs> it was a good scene. was a good scene. And then for some reason, the farther we got away from uh, Neil, uh, not Neil bear, the farther we got away from Brian uh, K Vaughn's writing and story, I think is why it just kept going downhill fast. And so hopefully well, save, save the least favorite moments. You don't want to talk about those yet. Just what, what made you smile? Something made you smile. You uh, wouldn't be coming back this year. Yeah, Esquivel getting squished by the car. That was awesome. <laughs> because she was great on Secrets and Lies. That was and really that, violent. Yeah, she was good on that show. Yeah, that first episode of season two, not just because it was written by Stephen King, even if I had not known who wrote that episode, it was definitely the highlight of the whole season. That episode was a perfect 10 and i was so jazzed up for the entire rest of the season but then you know other things happened but uh i i would say i am just as jazzed about season three as i was for season two for the most part it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out but no matter what uh, the listeners have spoken they want to hear all of us talk about the show whether it's off the rails or if it's to be taken seriously, they want to hear us talk about it. And so that's what we're going to do. Do you think it's to be taken seriously? I'm not even sure at this point. There you have it. it we're <laughs> unsure. <laughs> that's uh, the beauty of this show. Uh, Rob, you're here now? I am. In fact, uh, my camera is working now, too. This is like uh, all magic right now. <laughs> well, what about uh, what about you? What did you think were your favorite moments from season or from the, sh- the show itself or season two? Well, the show itself, I think all my favorite moments are going to be wrapped up in the first season. Uh, that that second season, man, was like having a stroke week after week after week. Uh, when we got when we look at the first season, though, th- there was just a lot of fun. All the big gym stuff, the junior stuff, it was fantastic. I, I think the moment that sticks with me, though. When, when I think about, like, the first thing that comes to mind was actually the scene in the barn when all four put their hands on the, the, the egg or whatever we're calling it at this the little mini dome. And uh, it, it's just one of those images that really stuck with me. I still can't figure out, though, how did they paint all the stars in that room? 
you remember that? How they, they yes. got, I mean, it makes no sense to me. <laughs> well, now like, you're you going, back to, going back to least favorite. We'll talk about <laughs> least in a second. There's going to be more favorite. favorite though. I, <laughs> the, the negative is the good here. That's that's good in a bad way, I think. I don't, I don't know which way to look at that. Uh, Olivia, do you know what do you, what's your favorite? Do you I, I think of the series, just talking about uh, Barbie and Julia's relationship, because I, I never understood why they were a couple, but the episode where the dome goes under the deep freeze in season two, that was like kind of the first moment where I really kind of understood like any kind of chemistry between them because when I was watching before it just didn't make any sense because either they were never in the same room together and then they were having a fight and I'm like I like why are we doing this this like literally doesn't make any sense that was kind of the first moment where I really kind of connected to them and it lasted like a half hour total in like the entire series but I think that had to be my favorite moment (laughs) Mark I think Rebecca Oh, favorite, sorry, favorite moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you stopped my heart there. <laughs> um, actually, to be honest, I, I really liked um, Dwight Yoakam's portrayal of Wild Oh, Trump. yeah. Uh, yeah. Out of all the characters, I mean, the acting on the show isn't the greatest, but I thought he did a very good job of that character. And uh, so if I'm going to pick something out of season two, it, it was Dwight Yoakam. I, I enjoyed his, the addition of him to the cast. All right, Allie. Karen. Karen. <laughs> what did I say? That's my nickname. It's been a long day. <laughs> it's all right. Um, I like Dwight Yoakam, too. I thought he was really fun in that menacing sort of Stephen Kingy sort of way. Stephen Kingy sort well, of. Well, you know how he is. I mean, how he was in the, he was menacing, but it was like quirky, a little quirky. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Quirky. Um, and I also really liked Melanie. Mm. So. White light Melanie. No, the, the, uh, Ingenue, Melanie. Monotone, <laughs> Melanie. Monotone, Melanie. No, I kind of liked her as as one of the four hands. Aww. So. That's it. Okay, Doug? I think my favorite part of season two was them getting out of the dome. Uh, it, it really uh, it moved forward the, the myth arc uh, plot line there. I really enjoyed that. I like to see what's going on outside the dome. Uh, because we got a little bit of that in the first season where they talked about maybe China was thinking the U.S. was building this impenetrable thing and that it was there was some geopolitical, you know, stuff going on that we really didn't know about. And, but they kept that kind of at a distance. That was good, kind of a mysterious what is really going on. But now we find out uh, a little more about what's happening uh, when they go back to Zenith. So I, uh, I, I like that uh, that whole you know few episodes about uh, getting those kinds of answers. But okay, we've- when they're outside of the dome... Remember, we have to go back, Doug. We have to go back. <laughs> okay, Wait, before... I lost that reference. Oh, man, that's terrible. I know, that's terrible. I'm sorry. Before we go to lo- the least favorite, which everybody seems to really want to talk about, I, I want to see if anybody can answer me this question. As a non-dedicated viewer, like the, all of you are, I don't watch it religiously as you do. And I, but I did read the book as a big fan. I have watched it on the show, and I want to know: Can anybody actually tell me specifically what the dome is? And can you answer it and not giggle? Anyone? Plexiglass. Plexiglass. 
Nobody's got an answer. My, crack, ever... my crackpot theory hasn't been disproven, so I'm still saying Giants contact lens. All right. Okay. I think it's transparent aluminum. Oh. Okay. Well, I... And I'm giggling. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, that was a Star to... Trek reference. Yeah. Does yeah. no one get that? Oh, yeah, no computer. Okay. Mm. All right. I, so no I actually problem. think it's more of a force field. I mean, it's it's got shape to it, but I think it's got something. I think it's more of a force field, and I think whatever that egg was was generating that outward. And when that went away, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of alien crap this year. That's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> All right. Three thumbs up for alien crap. Yeah. I mean, Falling Skies is going to be over this year, so you might as well transfer all that stuff over to, to Under the Dome. Maybe they could skip the budget over there, too. That'd be great. Maybe we, we could some... get Doug Jones on here. That'd be awesome. Ooh, Doug Jones. <laughs> great. I like it. All right. Well, instead of going down the line, uh, you guys seem to love to converse about this. Talk about whatever this was that was season two. What were your least favorite moments from season two? Anything involving Junior. <laughs> I am just not. I am just not sold on that character. He is not only manic, but his um, his motivations shift so easily from one week to the next that it just. I don't know. I just. I, what, what's this guy doing? I can't follow him. Uh, I understand his motivation one week, but it switches, and I can understand that, but I don't know how we got from point A to point L. Yeah, that was a big topic for us. And also, Rebecca, just, oh, the worst. Nobody likes her. No, she's the worst. There's no reason to like her. My least favorite is the whole Barbie Julia thing, and I've ranted on that over and over and over. I mean, in the book, well, Julia was dead early, early on, and Barbie, they kind of made him out to be the hero that we rooted for in the book. But in the TV show, I keep hoping that somebody's going to kill off the characters of Barbie and Julia. No, 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 no. Be darn quick. I know no, that it won't no. happen. They're definitely not killing off Barbie. Hoping. No Barbie Please killing. Kill, kill Bar- Barbie, Barbie's kill Barbie. Barbie's get bigger every season. I leave him. He's getting prettier. He practices yeah. hanging from a truck for 16 kilometers. <laughs> Yes, yes, he's getting yes, he prettier does. every season. Please do not kill off Barbie. <laughs> I say no. How does he keep the beard so finely groomed is the question after three weeks. I don't care. Butterflies chew on it nightly, just lightly. <laughs> right. <laughs> that actually makes sense somehow on the show. It does. <laughs> that explanation will happen this season. <laughs> he is my eye candy. I think the... Uh, the Gone. Yeah, the... Disappointment, I think, I guess is the way I could put it, was they had this really great opportunity with Lyle and when the what we won't call the smoke monster grabbing people and pulling them back to Chester's Mill from Zenith. And Lyle didn't come along for the ride when they dropped the egg over the cliff and Big Jim, you know, did the oops and there it goes. I thought for sure the reason why Lyle was kept behind was because the dome wanted Lyle to stay behind to catch the egg kind of intercepted on the way through and bring it back to Chester's mill. And when that didn't happen, and then he just shows up in a frozen lake talking about burning flyers and dragons and whatever the hell he was talking about. I was like, that was an opportunity missed. You could have done such a cool thing with saving the egg on the way back through. Yeah, it would have been. That's brilliant. Actually. One of the things that uh, I didn't like on season two is that we did not get a whole lot. We got barely got any of Benny. And Ben was, he was the comic relief of season one. He had some of the best lines of season one. 
and he was nothing in season two. So I'm, I'm really hoping. Refresh me here. Ben is the skater boy, right? Yep. Correct. As well. Yep. When he came back in season two, he was only in like two episodes, but he was now like a pretty hefty Asian guy. The same actor, but my God, he aged. <laughs> I mean, we didn't recognize him at first. It happens. <laughs> running frustration on the podcast, just... How did he become yeah. 40 over the I, 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 I do think we had that conversation every week. Yes, you did. But just wait till <laughs> this season. He's probably about six foot three, 32 years old. He did make the trailer. So, I mean, that's a benefit for Benny, I guess. He's, he's, he's getting yeah. his game stepped up. Yeah, I'm hoping he had more of because he was, he was funny in season one. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, so sure. if we're going to keep comparing the show to Lost, he'll be Walt. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Walt. Well, Short seasons will do that to you. Your, your characters age a whole lot more between in a shorter span of time. So, you know, that's another one of those things. Yeah. There's also Carolyn in season two. We, I don't know what happened to her, but she had uh, Nori. Her daughter was getting into so much trouble, and yet Carolyn was nowhere to be found. I mean, we saw her, I think, in the first episode, and then we didn't see her again until the ninth or tenth episode. And with all the stuff happening with everything, you'd think she'd be around to check on her daughter, but no oh well. She's mourning, but hey, whatever. I'll just let my daughter run around all by herself. Yeah. <laughs> she can't get very far. That's true. She's trapped but still. under a dome. Yeah. That is true. Like, where is she going to go? Uh, yeah. The other side of town, which is well, you, about a block away. Do it? Remember how they we had the, uh, the mom that was across the water? Do you think they're going to do anything with that? Because there were more houses over there. I mean, are there, is this how we're going to get more people? Yes. <laughs> that's the, the short answer thank you yes. no, that, well, the island's gone that's the be... problem the island has been crushed by the moving dome as it comes oh. down. it's been moved by benjamin linus no we, we already know that the... do we know that it's been crushed i no. mean the dome's been no. moving but we didn't see it cut that way we already know there's going to be people that show up and it says something to the effect of mysteriously arrived in chester's mill or something to that effect so they come from somewhere else in chester's mill Somebody else's locker. Just so you know, yeah. The, the janitor closet. They're right. all covered in orange sawdust because, you know, that they used to clean up barf. And they're because like, oh, they, man, we're here. They only have one set every year. <laughs> and <laughs> last year was the school. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Well, let's let's go into some of the, the writing, the plot, the character characterizations, especially in season two. General hits and misses for you personally. Olivia, I'll start with you. What do you, what do you think? What worked or didn't work at all, story-wise? Here's my thing with season two. It didn't work for me because it just was so non-sequitur. Like, every single episode kind of existed in a vacuum. Like, there, there was no link between the episodes. So, like, I just kind of went in each week knowing that everything that we covered wasn't really going to have any direct link to the previous episode, and it wouldn't link to the next one. And it was just, it was very frustrating because by the time we got to the, the season finale, it just was this jumbled mess of a plot and there were no consistent characterizations and, oh my gosh, it was fun to watch. But yeah, definitely from like a storytelling perspective, oh my God, it was a headache. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love hearing people talk about this show. It's never, <laughs> you know, this is one of the smartest and most intricately written shows I've seen until it's never that it's like there were butterflies and white light and I don't know what else happened. I don't know what else. (laughs) My favorite is Tuesday mornings when Aaron would actually write me on Facebook messenger 
And he would say, these ladies on the other side of the cube wall are just ripping on your show. And I was like, good. What are they saying? We need material for the podcast. <laughs> Give me fodder. They would because, see, I, I, stopped, I stopped watching it for you know, a while and I would catch up. I was, I'm a binge watcher by, by nature. And I've got ladies behind me that, that sit near me where I work. And they would be talking about the show. So I'd overhear their conversation. And it was like the season started off with, oh, my God, it was so cool. It was so cool. And then by about mid-season, it started going just nutty. And they were not happy, and they got less happy and less happy. They started drinking more coffee. I think there was liquor involved by about the finale. So. That sounds about right. <laughs> Just put a little recorder there. I don't drink, and I was drinking every episode last summer. <laughs> <laughs> you made a drinking game out of it. Yeah, yeah. Ask Olivia. I, I'd come on the show and be like, I just drank a whole thing of wine. Let's go. What, what did you guys think about Zenith? Anyone this this whole concept of Zenith itself? It was, that was that was as I mentioned earlier. That was the thing I liked. Uh, one of the things I liked uh, about this because it really moved this the the plot about the dome, not necessarily about the people and their reaction to it. And I mean that's that's part of it. But the plot about the dome got moved forward uh, a lot during those like three or four episodes. It was good. The disappointing part of it though was that in that first episode, it was such a cool experience when Junior. As like the whole place is deserted and the obelisk thing and everybody's like praying to the obelisk, it seems, because it's on all the signposts and everything is po- the egg is even pointing to the obelisk. And we don't hear about the obelisk for the entire season. And that then, weird acid trip dream that he has. It was, it was cool. I know it was awesome. I and, like- then, and then he like Barbie shows up in the park and it's like, oh, it's like, you know, the next town over. It was like, yeah, it couldn't be across <laughs> the country or it couldn't have been like in another time zone or. Dimension, no, that, it's just the next town over. That was such I, a terrible payoff, yeah. I will say that in the future, it, too, that would have been awesome, right? Yeah, I will say, yeah, if a guy shows up in the middle of a playground, supposedly, I don't know, just appearing or falling out of the sky, you'd think a few people would turn their head and say, what's that? No, that would make too much sense. Nobody you cannot you cannot accuse this crowd of being fanboys and fangirls. I will say that. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. You no, actually, this is exactly what fanboys and fangirls do. I'm sorry, but this Take is apart. exactly what we do. Yes, <laughs> you have never had a conversation about Star Trek. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and you know you know the haters. The haters are definitely the ones that are well not haters but snarky haters are the ones that are the fans of the show because when the show itself starts throwing things in like it's a giant suck hole from Nori <laughs> or in the right. preview for the season three. And J- big Jim is like, there's nothing good on television anyway. <laughs> right. You know, they're making fun of themselves. Yeah, definitely. How about big Jim? You, you brought up big Jim. Uh, I'm really curious what everybody thought about his, uh, would you call it an evolution or would it, would it just be his descent into cartoonism? Because as the uh, I, I, think, I think your second statement was absolutely accurate. <laughs> I think just yes, <laughs> just it, yes. Just I, yes. I wouldn't call it evolution. And Although he did about. grow into the role. That's a joke about his stomach. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, I think Dean Norris is amazing. Um, yeah, he is. I I really do, and I think his character is great to watch. Uh, but <laughs> he's a He's a caricature. Uh, Definitely. He's bigger than the screen, and he chews scenery like nobody's business. Uh, and Dean Norris is great at, at that. 
So yeah, a- the, the problem I had with his his descent into cartoon, it was, you know, he's going with all this religious uh, overtone and, you know, where is this coming from? You know, from within him, from his character, I, you get the impression that if he is religious at all, it is merely a, you know, a front because everybody else, you know, expects that from, from him or something like that. But you don't get, I, I don't see where this really deeply held commitment to, you know, oh, the dome is, you know, and, and, and almost, you know, like near worship of it. It's like, where is that coming from? We don't have a clue. And that was a little disappointing. Well, in episode four, when he kills Barbie, I mean, spoiler alert, I, Big Jim. <laughs> well, we can hope. We can hope. I mean, in the book, I can't give away the spoiler ending, but let's just say in the book, Big Jim kills a lot more people than he's killed on the television show. Oh, yeah. And I, I think the show itself is turning into a comedy, but I have heard and read some rumblings that things are going to be totally different in season three, and we're going to be amazed. Uh, didn't we hear that before, though? Wayne? I was amazed in season two. Yeah. <laughs> Every I week, amazed. I was like, What's, what are they going to do next? I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> we've I had was... every type of storm front come through that dome. I don't know what's left. Well, we've had, what, blood, acid, actual rain, earthquakes. fire, earthquakes. Black ice. Yeah, uh, yeah. Phosphorescent butterflies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and this just season, there's going to be a crap storm. Look out! <laughs> that's just the show. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow. I will say. I'll say. One of my high points in this has been the characterization for Barbie. Now, Olivia's, you know, noticing that his uh, that the romance between he and Julia was kind of you know rushed and. Given that, that aside, I think he's uh, I think he's been a good, uh, a, you know, a foil for Big Jim, but one which has a a reasonable, you know, uh, motion, you know, motion going forward, a, the, the development of his, um, oh, I don't know, he's he, he just seemed more believable in the span of the, you know, I guess it's a couple of weeks now, or maybe it's twenty one days. I don't know how long the the. Uh, uh, the real time has been, but I think it's been a, a really good, uh, you know, a development of that, of that character. He was the bad guy at the beginning where he had killed uh, Julia's husband. And then now he's kind of, you know, with a good heart and, whole, and it's just been a good story for him, but I just haven't seen that too many others. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Stop it, Wayne. Do you think when you look at Dean Norris, he's the only actor in the entire show that realizes he's today, he's taking it too far. Oh yes. yeah. His yeah. his uh, slee stack impression at the end was awesome because they yeah. knew it was a homage to Land of the Lost. <laughs> Land of the Lost. Lost, lost, lost. Now, what about because you guys? There's no way you're watching th- this story progress without at least getting behind some of it. And I mean, you're doing entire shows on it. So, what story beats, or at least throughout the season, did you did you really get sucked into that weren't just crazy? You thought, wow, that's a really good twist. It's a good turn. That's a good character motivation whatever Although i think the the hounds of diana edition was interesting at first and then when you found out where it actually ended up it was another great thing that could have been so much more that they just really you know dropped the ball on I, I, quite frankly i mean the guy was interesting 
but I really wanted to see more come out of the website itself uh, as a, like a third part, third screen experience type of thing. Um, but I really like the whole concept of Maxine. I can't believe I'm actually saying her name. <laughs> I like, but I like the concept that Maxine worked for a bigger corporation, this real estate brokering company or something. And then here we saw in Zenith that Acteon Energy was moving into a place that was just recently sold. So my question is, is, is this bigger thing with Maxine and the drug story actually tied into Acteon Energy somehow? That's the one storyline besides where did the dome come from that I think would keep you watching for right now. Wow. Next thing you know, Troy's going to be talking about the Fight Club. We don't talk about <laughs> Can't Fight talk Club. About it. Oh, wait, that might have been my favorite part. Let's go back. <laughs> What about you, Mark? You've been kind of quiet. What about you? Is there any changes you, you're a big fan of? Changes? I don't know. But there was a few things in um, Season 2, just plot-wise, that I just found they, they would introduce things and then it would just end. Like, there was no follow-up to them. And, uh, I, it, like, an example in, I can't remember what episode, but when Sam and Barbie were going into the tunnel and Sam took the left and Barbie took the right, and they both ended up at the same place. And and yet when they go back, there was no branches or anything. There was no way for that to happen. They never went back to explain, like, what was the purpose of that? It was just, it happened, let's move on. Um, then there was uh, uh, something, like, didn't Sam at one point, we saw that he had the shakes, and then we saw that Pauline also had the shakes or, or Barbie, and it just led me to believe that anybody that left the dome, dome ended up having something wrong with them, get the shakes, but they never uh, went any further with that either. And of do course, you, do you think that's something that's going to be, uh, they're going to be touched on this season? Or you just think they left it alone? It's, it's so many things they left alone. Just like uh, there was that episode where um, Joe and Nori, Joe pulls out the gun from the desk, and Nori says, you, you know, the last time you had a gun, uh, whatever you, uh, you were going to shoot Junior or whoever, so put that gun back. And I thought for sure that was like a, one of those Chekhov guns thing, or Chekhov, yeah, exactly, Chekhov's gun, where we were going to see later that he pulls out the gun or somebody pulls out the gun, but no, it never went back to that gun. So what was the point of, of that scene of Joe pulling the gun out of the drawer and then showing us that he's putting the gun back? Unless they come back to it in this season, but that's just a long time for me to do uh, something like that. You usually expect something either that episode or the following episode. And I just found there was a lot of those little plot points that were just left dangling for no reason. Yeah, and the problem with trying to go back to them in season three then is because the the viewing audience, it's been a year since you've seen it. And, you know, unless you have a previously on Under the Dome and you recap season two, you're going you're gonna to forget about it. Yeah. Right. And then if they recap it and they show him putting it back in the drawer... Well, then you're giving away the fact that they're going to use that gun in this episode. So why even do it? Yeah, exactly. Then it's a, you know, oh, well, they're going to use a gun in this episode. I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, You know, what's the point of that? Um, Yeah. But one of the things I really liked was uh, there were themes sometimes Mm -hmm. in the episodes about, like, uh, being reborn. And I talked about this a lot on our podcast, but uh, when people would come out of the water and with the egg and things like that, uh, someone like Melanie uh, was dead, but when she came back to life, she came out of the water. And I did like that they used imagery like that 
Um, and uh, Doug and I did talk about it. And I, I kind of dug that I made Doug go, wow, that's really smart. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> I mean, that was a fun part <laughs> of doing it is picking up on that sort of thing. Uh, and, and to pick up on tropes that they used as well, like the Chekhov's gun. Uh, and whenever there was a butterfly, like there, um, oh, what is her name? Uh, Angie, Angie had a butterfly tattoo. And then later on, they talked about the monarch, uh, you know, it all kind of tied in together. So uh, they would do these trope things throughout and, and it would be cool to pick up on those sort of Easter egg things. Uh, so I hope they do more of that, but I don't like the missing threads as uh Mark was saying that that really bothers me. I I agree with him, especially about that gun thing, uh, about the shaking, about the seizures. They never, ever went back to the seizures. I mean, that was literally just to have them say something about stars. And and then it was completely gone. Um, and they they were bleeding and they had the shakes when they went to Zenith. And then all of a sudden they're cured and we never hear anything about it. Um, I, you know, mm. I don't get it. So. so I think you're right, Karen. I, I think that one problem with the show is they are missing that continuity. It doesn't seem like somebody is watching continuity. It seems like they're throwing ideas out there. They're like, what can we do this week? And things are going away that shouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. You, you, you take a, a show like Breaking Bad. We're talking about Dean Norris. So you take a show like Breaking Bad. All those little things that happened throughout had a reason. And right. When they came back, it was appropriate. Here, I don't think we're going to see them laying on the floor shaking. I don't think no. we're going to get another awesome scene of Joe while they're having the seizure sitting up and putting his, his uh, finger to his mouth and saying, shh. No, me either. And that and was fantastic. What was that? And right. gone. And it's yeah. good. It's all well and good that we don't because that's too far in the past. It, right. It's but they, should, they shouldn't have let it go, though. Right, they, right. Or they should have put it in in the first place, either either or. You know, don't put it in or don't drop it. Yeah, and I have a feeling this year that that hole going to Zenith will be covered up, and now they'll have another... Oh, yeah, this stuff is all wiped clean. Yeah, and it's like, you know, same, but it's the same problem. It's like, now they don't even need continuity from the last season. So, you know, maybe that's the, the route. Maybe they will have it from day one of season three and maybe we can live with that, but I don't have high hopes. Okay. Well, no high hopes. Sounds like, uh, some, some thoughts about season three right there. <laughs> Let's just jump into season three and predictions and what you want, you want to see what you think you're going to see. Are you going to see some continuity and maybe some clarity? I'm, I'm hoping for clarity. <laughs> Olivia, what about you? You've been quiet for a little bit. What do you What do you want to see this season? Oh my gosh, I don't even know at this point. You know, I'm I'm kind of watching this show with just kind of a sick fascination <laughs> at this point. You know, I'm I'm not really going in with any expectations. Uh, I kind of just want to see. I, I ideally would love to see continuity, and I would love to see again like storylines that link up and characters that seem a little bit more genuine. But then the part of me that's watching the show is a comedy kind of just wants to see what happens. It's like Big Bang Theory under the dome. Basically. That's funny. Now, Troy, you've got crazy theories. You always do. What do you think the light is? Oh, man. The light is a really interesting thing because we've seen it a couple times. And I think it... I have to say, it has to do something with the ghost figures 
around potentially like an echo of some kind. Like I feel from what I've seen of the season three extended trailer and what we've known so far that it's going to be some sort of like echo flash, which may have been caused because of the bomb hitting the dome uh, back in, was that four or five um, in season one? And because of that, I think we're going to see like reflections of each other. But maybe what happens is, is that when they cross through into the light at the end of season two, they're actually going into a different time or space. And because of that, they're actually going to be the people communicating with themselves, if you will. Like when Joe was talking to Joe in the woods or when they saw Alice in season one or Angie or, um, or Dodie, maybe it's like themselves talking to themselves is my prediction. Sorry, can you write the show, please? <laughs> It'll probably turn out to be nothing but a white light. Exactly. That's it. We'll walk, walk through it, get on the other side, and that's it. But we ended both seasons the same way with a bright white light, so that has yeah. to be significant. Well, it let's hope it is. Based on the special effects budget, maybe not. Down, nothing has to be significant. <laughs> Somebody maybe forgot to turn the camera on the other side, so it just you right. know, didn't, didn't pan Melanie out. comes into the room from behind that wall, and then she moves aside, and there's a big spotlight behind her. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's a traffic stop. Wow. You're on the Truman Show. Yeah, exactly. You're seeing through well, the elevator. What, I, what I'm hoping to find out is how many people are really still trapped on the other side of that ravine in Chester's Mill with Big Jim. Is it just going to be, what was it, Big Jim? Barbie, yeah, it looked like a couple of people, and that was it. Uh, it looked like it was just are, the three. That's yeah. what I think, but I have a feeling. <laughs> That'll be an exciting some show. Of these, some of these new cast additions, I think we're going to find a lot more people in Chester's Mill trapped left behind that we didn't know about. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play that off. And uh, will Julie uh, finally get over Barbie knowing that he's on his way to death in season four, uh, episode four or five. I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see what happens. I only got one thing to say to that Wayne. No. (laughs) Agreed. Troy. Uh, What about you? Karen. That was a very bad Julie impression. It was a really Uh, bad. No. (laughs) Karen. What, what about you? What are you hoping for this season? Uh, I'd like to see stronger arcs, um, more uh, carry through, obviously. Um, and even if they're short, like three episode arcs, that would be good. And um, I wouldn't mind seeing these um, Spectre sort of characters come back. Like maybe Jeff Fahey as Duke come back to tell them some- something. Or, um, you know, like we had some of those happen last season. Uh, that was... That was pretty cool, and uh, I do. I also missed uh, Escavel and uh, and Angie, and them. You know, come back and warn them from the past or from the future, or from whatever alternate reality they're in, or you know, I think it would be cool. Uh, why not get a paranormal sort of vibe going on this show? It's silly already, right? Um, you know. And they could bring Officer Randolph back with them as well. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes, he was awesome. You want Randolph? Okay. Yes, he was awesome. Uh, Rob, what about you? What do you want to see? You know, I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> I, I really don't have anything. You know, it, it it went so far off the rails last season. I've been I, I I saw the questions today, and I was thinking about this, and I literally can't come up with something other than I just want to see more crazy stuff. I want big Jim to go nuts and I want junior to go back to being insane junior. 
he almost got his redemption, was almost a hero in this. I don't want that. I want Crazy Junior. Well, you mean when he shot his dad in like the sleeve? Yeah. And then, I mean, ran come away? on, man. Come on, man. Let's let's get crazy. I want Crazy Junior. Lock somebody up in a in a bunker. Be borderline personality. I like it all, man. See, that's another thing. In season one, Junior, he was having headaches. He was having problems. You knew there was something physically wrong with him. Yeah, and he then, should have been dead by season two. But in two, he, nothing. He, you know, he didn't complain about headaches. He didn't anything. It was, anyways, another plot oh, thing that let fall. I know something else I'd like on? to see. I, I, I want to see that that police uniform continue through every episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> move, move from person to person. You know, that person, it's like a red shirt. Oh, like like on Roseanne, how she had the chicken shirt, and sometimes Jackie had it, and sometimes no, Danny no. had it. Literally like a red shirt. Whoever wears it is dead by the end of the episode, and then it goes to the next person who is meant to be the policeman. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to wear it. You wear it. Huh? Right. <laughs> it is a CBS property tied to Paramount. You never know. That's right. I want to make sure everybody gets, gets their... Their piece in here because this is always a fun one for people. So, Doug, what do you want to see this season? Uh, yeah, I'd like to see more answers. I think that's kind of the running gag here that we get all these uh, setups, but no answers. Another one I had I had thought of was um, the vision that the forehand saw of Big Jim bleeding and the kids, you know, seeing this the, the knives in their hands. You know, that's uh, was that a season one or season two? I don't recall, but uh, one. One. Yeah, okay. that, that was season one. So, I mean, we've gone a whole year and still haven't seen a payoff on that. Most people are not going to remember that. So, yeah, I would like to see at least some uh, recognition that there are some, you know, outstanding questions. Let's, let's deal with them. Um, and, of course, I, th- I, I think the origin of the Dome is going to be based on, like I said, the trailer. I think we're going to get something like that. I just really hope it's, uh, it's worth the it, – that, that it's a payoff worthy of waiting this long. Mm, me too. <laughs> too. Uh, Mark, I, th- I don't know if you got a chance to go. You just pointed out a bunch of obvious, uh, really bad problems with the scripts. Yeah, but <laughs> what do you uh, want to see? In season three, uh, two things. First of all, I would really like to see more deaths. Call me morbid or whatever, but if you've read the book, it seems like every chapter somebody was dying. And we had a few deaths at the beginning. And then season two, barely anybody, except for like, you know, Jim killed a couple of people. Um, and, but other than that, the dome itself didn't kill or, or just being trapped there. I wanted to see like every time they'd say, you know, oh, who's going to survive, who's going to survive. And then the episode would go by and everybody survived. And I, I really would like it to parallel more of the books where we get, we see how dire it is where people are starving. They're, they're running out of air and, and they're just dropping dead i mean if you've read the book you know, <laughs> there's not a lot That's of people a good idea let's have everybody drop dead <laughs> but well, it's, it's true uh, it is a stephen king property yeah in the book i mean most of the town doesn't survive and yet in here we still have almost every citizen of the town is still still alive save for what we've probably lost 20 in the two seasons well, that's because of budget cuts there was only yeah. 20 extras that could get paid this year <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I really want is I really hope they hire a better science advisor. Oh. She was amazing. What's wrong with you? The only reason she was on the show was for the payoff of, oh my gosh, Melanie exists in both times. She's two hands. 
That's all. We, that, that's all she was needed for for the entire I'm season. Not talking about, I'm not talking about Rebecca. I'm just talking about overall somebody to uh, the, actual science. An actual science advisor because oh, no, you can't have real science in this show. It has no place. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? I mean, you show me an airplane that scrapes its wing along the the dome there and doesn't cartwheel into the dome itself. Come on, that's that would have been great. Plus the lightning rod thing, and there was like a hundred other things. Scientism thing. Right. It's the blood rain. She says, well, I'll have to do this and it'll stop. So she pours this stuff in the lake and all of a sudden the rain stops falling. Right. Like, doesn't this stuff have to evaporate? It has to actually work. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there were a hundred things that like in five seconds, just me personally, and I'm not a scientist at all, debunked it in my head. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) who is writing this crap? So, yeah. Plus, it was Rebecca delivering it. The issue with the deaths, though, I mean, I understand what you're saying as compared to the book. But as Olivia has said, this is pretty much turned into a comedy. And that, you know, to have I think that would be kind of a cognitive dissonance, not that we don't have that already, but it just wouldn't fit the the mood, I guess. It doesn't really um uh, it doesn't really further that that that's the the mood like I said the mood of the uh, of the show the yeah, but as you just, said it, yeah they've turned it into a comedy but it's not meant to be a comedy and I don't think they set out to make a comedy it's just that's the way the viewer is perceiving it I mean yeah. a lot of people are just taking it at face value and and laughing it off like we all are well but, for example in the book there's no four hands touching an egg no no well or there's any no kind of spaceship. <laughs> the egg, the egg cracks me up. The egg cracks yeah, me up. Cracks me up All right, well, let's go around and basically everybody gets their gets their shot. So when I say your name, you can say your favorite and your least favorite character on the show, and they can be living or dead. I don't think it really matters. Um, and we'll start with you, Karen. Who's your favorite and least favorite? And you can explain why. And feel free, everybody, to jump in with your own additions to what they're saying. Feel free. My favorite, mm-hmm. really. Do I have to say it? The guy with the guns? Barbie, yes. Hello. It's such a manly Um, name. It is. We have a Barbie of the week on our show. (laughs) And he comes with, like, you know, batteries not included. It's that kind of Barbie. Sounds inappropriate. And your your least favorite? (laughs) It is inappropriate. You are correct. My least favorite. Um, Really, honestly, it's Rebecca. I can't think of a character I hate more than Rebecca. I hated her like flames at the side of my face, burning, sighing, heaving flames. <laughs> I love Clue. I love yeah. Clue. Me too. <laughs> Beautiful reference. <laughs> oh, high five. Internet high five. Internet high five. That's what Lyle was doing. He was watching Clue. His- <laughs> That's it. Uh, Wayne. What about you, Wayne? Who's your favorite and least favorite? And why? Oh, now I have to explain why, too? Why not? My favorite, I'm I'm going to go with Lyle. Lyle Chumley was so unique, so creative. And although he did have a very suspect ending, the, he was just a great addition. He, it's hard to believe that some of the best acting in season two, just in my humble opinion, was from a country singer with the Bakersfield sound. I thought Dwight Yoakam did a fantastic job. And it was just so different than anything I could have imagined from the book. And the least favorite character, although, so Karen already stole my first choice. So my next least favorite character, <laughs> Melanie. I, I, 
when she died and then she's back yet again, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, seriously. <laughs> Sorry. They're going home though. So that's good, yeah, right? Allegedly. They're going home. She's a liar. She's a liar. What about you, Rob? Favorite, least favorite? Boy, well, you've taken both of mine. Uh, <sighs> but I, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, boy, Rebecca's the worst. I'm going to go with that right there. Uh, I, I found her to be so displeasing throughout the season. At first it was funny. Then it got to be just so annoying that it, it kind of derailed the show for me. Mm. Uh, favorite is a toss up. Uh, I actually was going to say Dwight Yoakam also, cause I thought surprisingly he was acting on this show. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I thought that when I saw he was going to be on it, I thought this is going to be fun. He's going to be interesting. And he was. The ending for him was really bad, but the rest of it was cool. I, I found him to be really interesting. But I, I suppose since he's gone, uh, not forgotten, uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, with Junior because it's been a love-hate relationship with Junior. But he's a fun one to talk about. He's interesting. Uh, I you know If Crazy Junior can come back, I'm all on board with him. So there we go. All right, Mark. What about you, Mark? Favorite, least favorite? Well, favorite character, um, I'm going to say Joe. Uh, I just like his enthusiasm. Uh, he does make some crazy decisions and that, but I just like the, the, the enthusiasm of youth, um, his, his whole infatuation with Nori, and uh, just his brains. Uh, I mean, he's the smartest kid and smartest person in town. And uh, I'm really enjoying him. As far as least favorite, R- Rebecca, if it, Oof, out of yeah, the dead characters, Rebecca, I just I just didn't like her I and mean, everything. She always said everything so serious, and she was so high on herself and thinking she was so all almighty. And then I also agree with Melanie. And Melanie, not so much for the character, but the portrayal. Uh, I just I can't stand the way she's always whispering everything as if it's some big secret no matter what she's saying she's always it is a big secret <laughs> but it, it, we're going home yeah, you're telling, me, like, you're, you're telling me that you're my brother <laughs> so i i just don't like the uh i don't know if i i don't remember seeing her in anything else so i don't know how she acts in anything else but i just didn't like the acting uh of that of, of her whatever her name is okay doug Favorite, least favorite? Well, my least favorite and least favorite are going to be swapped around with some of the folks here. That's fine. My, my most favorite was Melanie, and I'll tell you why. Um, as you may have picked up, I really like the, the, the myth arc that is going on here. Want to hear more about that, not so much about how crazy Junior is this week and how insane uh, you know, Big Jim is this week. And it's, okay, whatever. They're nuts. Fine. Let's go on. Let's move, let's move the plot forward. So I liked Melanie in her as her um, her purpose was to get you know a lot of that moving across and 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 discoveries based on the fact oh she found her in the yearbook and all that business so I liked I liked how that uh, character was used yeah again maybe not the acting but uh, but I but I liked uh, I liked her purpose in getting the uh, the plot moving forward my least favorite I can't say Rebecca because for me she was a very one dimensional character she did not have you know, a whole lot to her. She was just like most people have been saying, you know, she was there to be um, 
uh, the science, uh, sciencey person and explaining the weird stuff and not really doing a good job of it. So kind of one dimensional. My least favorite is Junior because there is so much potential there. And he's just been not written very well, frankly. And I, like I said, I, with his, with his shifting moods and his shifting um, uh, motivations constantly with no real explanation of why they went one way or the other, he seemed to, every, nobody in, the, in town seemed to think he was nuts until the dome came down. And all of a sudden, he's nothing but nuts. And it just seemed like that was a, a quick flip. And then he flips again week to week. So that's... A lot of potential not realized. Okay, Olivia. Favorite, um, least favorite. I have to go with Big Jim as my favorite. Um, I just think he's so ridiculous and so flamboyant <laughs> and so like monomaniacal. And the fact that he cannot seem to get a shirt that fits, which is, I think... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think he's evil because he needs to get a shirt that doesn't, you know, fit like four times too small. <laughs> that's amazing olivia he thinks he works out. that's my theory that i've been working on um i think my least favorite i'm kind of jumping on the the rebecca bandwagon i can't with her i love how everyone kind of seemingly forgot that she like tried to commit genocide one episode and they were like <laughs> right <laughs> they decided to like sweep that you know under the rug or under the dome or wherever they decided to put that when the sun sets on chester's mill all is forgiven <laughs> yeah, that totally was fine that she wanted to, you know, wipe out the entire town. <laughs> so I can't. I can't with Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Troy, you're the last. Favorite and least favorite. I'll be totally different. Um, I'm going to say Angie because she was awesome in season one, and I was really pissed off that she was the one that ended up getting whacked in the first episode because um, I thought that her craziness that kind of went on that she had in season one, I thought she, her character was going to be more especially because of that, I think it was a butterfly tattoo. I wasn't quite sure. Yep, it was a butterfly tattoo. Oh, of course it was. Everything cool has butterflies in the show. So yep. um, Yeah, so Angie, personally, but obviously Dwight Yoakam was fabulous. Uh, loved Lyle's character, uh, even though I don't know where he was all of season one, just sitting in the barbershop waiting for customers, I guess. Um, least favorite, I'm going to have to go with Phil in season two. I felt that Phil was very interesting the backstory with his whole gambling thing and how he tied into barbie and maxine and that whole thing in season one i thought was great and then he just became big jim's lapdog and couldn't think for himself and then just the the weirdness at the food pantry and yeah so phil kind of dropped off for me because rebecca is in a different class (laughs) yeah (laughs) good choices and and nobody picked julia for anything no She's not good or bad. She's just bleh. Is that what you're saying? Wow. Wearing the pretty on the outside of her. (laughs) Every time she's she's on, all I keep thinking is, look at her gorgeous locks. Yes. All the women had great hair. I don't don't know where they were washing it every week. The magic of the dog. All the vials gone. Things are going to go south for her. Oh, my goodness. Poor Barbie. He's going to be all scruffy now. Sorry, Karen. It's all right. She did not go to Lyle to get her hair done. And you know what? I'm okay with Barbie being scruffy. Oh, maybe, maybe there'll be a hair, a female hairdresser that's going to show up this season. Maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Watch your hair in the lake. That's yes, who they're be. bringing in from CSI. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I want to give a, a shout out. 
my favorite char- new character from season two was uh, Hunter. I, I enjoyed oh, him. Yeah, me too. Uh, just the way his enthusiasm about the dome. He was so uh, excited about everything. Even going to, to visit the dome, he was all like, yes, he had his own agenda and, and everything. But I just, I liked the, his enthusiasm and his, uh, the adventure of the whole thing, that, the way he saw it. So I enjoyed him. May I give a counterpoint to that? Sure. sure. Um, I think Brett Cullen was a great casting decision, but he was very badly used in season two. I yes. love Brett Cullen, but uh, his character was so badly used. So as a counterpoint to that, poor Brett Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> poor Brett Cullen. Yeah, as Don Barbara. Now, I don't know who here has read the book on, on the, our little panel, so anybody can chime in to this question, okay? So whoever has actually read the book. Are there storylines from the book you still want to see that haven't been covered? Anyone? The whole book. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Maybe that part that's just the end. I, I it, does very, that it does very greatly. I mean, even... As soon as you're past the first chapter, it's different. And, and as far as that goes, as soon as you're like halfway through the first chapter, it's different. So, yeah, any part of it really... <laughs> Right? I mean... Well, look at it. Angie didn't survive the first chapter of the books. No. No. Not at all. Maybe all we've seen is the first chapter. This is going to go on for like 17 years. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm willing to bet money it is not. I'm willing to bet money it does not. No. They're going to have to keep going crazier and crazier just to make, uh, just to get internet memes and other things going for them. Do we have any uh, predictions as to how many seasons this will run? Three. Three, yep. <laughs> three. I'm on board with three. Depends three on is one. probably pretty accurate, although I thought it was going to be canceled after two. You know, this thing, it, it could go five years. We don't know, but I, I think this is going to be it. I'm hoping. It got good ratings last year, though, for a summer series. So, Does CBS own this one? Yes. Yeah. Okay, then it could go four or five. It really depends. It I mean, could, the ratings yeah, hold up. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's well, it made deal. a lot of money. It made a lot of money for them. So, I mean, as long as it's making money, I don't think they really care how much crabbing we do about it. They're going to keep it going. Right. Yeah, the international market's there and the Amazon check keeps coming and clearing. Right. You're good. They would right. never put it on in the regular season, though. I mean, it's a summer season. Oh, oh, no. oh, Can never. you imagine 24 episodes of this? Oh. No. no. Or how about 26 and we get 13 in the winter, too? No. Oh. Never. No. Let's not even put that thought out there. No. This is a <laughs> summer show. Out. Always. Summer show. What about uh, thoughts on Eric LaSalle as a CEO of Acteon Energy? Apparently he's directing episode nine this season. Yeah, he's a new cast addition. So I, I, I pause because obviously Pauline was from the ER club and now we have Eric LaSalle is actually going to be on the show, not just in a director uh, stint. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, Neil's going to bring in his friends because that's what Neil knows. And ER was on for a long time, so it, it must have worked. I guess the bigger question is going to be, you know, how does the CSI crew play into this with um, Marge coming in? Yeah. George Clooney's coming up next week, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, well, I think well, Julian, Julia Margulies, right? She's on the CBS. She could come make a guest appearance and promote The Good Wife. Sure. Yeah. These are a lot of optimistic things that you guys are talking about. <laughs> but Eric, Eric LaSalle's character, he's hes not just going to be a guest. He's, according to IMDb, he'll be in every episode. He's, so. he's like the big bad dude. 
Yeah, so yeah. we're going to see him a lot. And I actually like him as an actor. So uh, He's I'm a very good actor. That's very exciting. So in closing, closing thoughts, Any, anybody have any closing thoughts on Under the Dome Season 3 or Reflection Back Season 2? You want to make sure to get in there before we're done? Anyone? Well, although a lot of shows are truly about, you know, the characters, you know, not necessarily answers. I do want to see some answers. I want to know what the dome is, where it's from, why we've got this stinking egg. And I want to know if Acteon Energy is like the Widmore Industries from Lost and that they are actually orchestrating the whole thing. Just we need at least those answers. Don't you agree? Something. Well, they Absolutely. Can- they claim that uh, the the writers or whoever producers claim that in the pilot, season three pilot, we're finally going to find out the truth behind the dome, the answer. Now, do you guys believe we're actually going to get the full answer and know exactly no. what the dome is? Heck no. Well, why, why would we then? Then why are we watching this show after that point? Right. Absolutely not. No. Unless they can inc- create a whole new set of questions. Uh, okay, now we know that... You know, aliens from Mars have done it. Well, what's their motivation? You know, but they really have to sell it. They really got to sell it. Yeah. 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 But on the same token, they do. They have to sell it, but they also have to give something because I think after the backlash and they took huge, huge backlash last season. I think they have to give something to the audience and they have to whet the appetite again to even get them invested again. It, to, to make this a water cooler show again, they have to give you something to entice you to come back. And if, just being crazy isn't going to do it, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think they're going to give us just enough to get us invested. And and then we're going to have to try and decode the rest of the story, as it were. Uh, R.I.P. Paul Harvey. <laughs> but, and no one will get that. The I got it. I got it. Oh, yeah. All the old people got it. Okay. Um, hey, 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 hey. hey. <laughs> Older, Whoa. older. Radio oh, people, uh, radio people got it. Radio. Olivia, Olivia's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Paul <laughs> Harvey. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just hoping that they close up a few threads and maybe keep the show tighter this season, really. That we really need a tighter show. And if there's one thing I have to ask is I want to see Troy and Wayne in full body armor with swords. With knights. And how... <laughs> Please. Why? Why? Because, because of our monikers? They're sirs. LARPing <laughs> under the dome? They are Sir Troy and Sir Wayne. <laughs> okay, so we I have to do it. Troy, when we go to a Packers game, that's our outfit. <laughs> <laughs> or just stand close enough together and take a picture so that I can Photoshop you guys. <laughs> I don't so, think you can bestow knighthood upon yourself. I don't know what the rules are, but I'm pretty sure that's one of them. We were. In the, the, the fans. Million. No, a fan did it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, we didn't make this up ourselves. Sure, you did. Did you pay your fans? Because that doesn't count. That might have been the case, but I don't know. Surprisingly, it was the Queen Mother that was a fan and knighted you guys. (laughs) That's pretty impressive. That is impressive. That is impressive. The Queen Mother is going to call in with her Barbie of the Week (laughs) five with the rest in peace Barbie, (laughs) complete with his own uh, glow in the dark coffin. Oh no! <laughs> no, that's that's Barbie's dream coffin, isn't it? A Barbie dream coffin. <laughs> Only and Wayne and Troy have contributed several Barbies of the week, which we loved. Which we do appreciate, absolutely. Yes. And uh, if you guys do listen at all, 
we we love to get those Barbies of the week from other podcasters because it it helps us tie things together with you guys, um, and also our listeners. Um, but like, if there's something interesting that Barbie does in the week, uh, we do this, you know, Barbie of the week. Uh, one of them was when he had a fight. <laughs> That's his son doing the Barbie of the week intro. One week he had a a, bar, a barefisted fight, and it was barefisted Barbie with um, kung fu grip. Kung fu grip. Right? That's awesome. Yeah, so we do something like that every week. And assault we and battery not included. Assault. And battery. That was it. Assault and batteries not included. <laughs> that was my favorite one. So yeah, we do stuff like that every week. It's fun. And then of course, you know, Wayne and Troy or Sir Wayne and Sir Troy. Oh, so. Well, why don't you guys uh, plug your shows real quick so that everybody that's listening that likes all of your shows or just one of your shows, they know where to find everybody's show. So whoever wants to speak for your respective show, I think we have what three or four four here total, right? Total shows? Something like that. All right. Yeah. Karen and I do the Chester's Mill Gazette, one Z, two Ts. It is at goldenspiralmedia.com slash doom. Okay. Rob, Olivia? Well, we do the Chester's Mill Report, and it's on Southgate Media Group. And you can find us on our website, on Stitcher, on iTunes, everywhere. Uh, And uh, Martha will be on, even though she's kicking and screaming her way into it. Uh, she will be on, so we'll have the trio back. Perfect. Is it, is it because of the last season? Is that why she's? Oh yeah, man. Screen? She she was having a hard time by the end, and even with the preview, she's going. I don't know if I can do it. It is a commitment. It is a yeah. commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, where can people find you? Well, you could find me. It's the Under the Dome podcast, and I'm at solotalkmedia.com. And the easiest place to find me is on Twitter at solotalkmedia. Yay. And it's just me. No co-host. It's just me. That's why it's the solo. Exactly. Oh, you've got some dulcet tones, man. That's right. Uh, and Troy Wayne. One of you has to talk. That's how this works. Never. Okay, never. I'll take care. <laughs> you can, of course, find Under the Dome Radio at underthedomeradio.com and all the usual places. We are a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network, and we look forward to many shenanigans this coming season, let me tell you. There'll be a couple. Eh? And people don't use the word shenanigans nearly enough. That's no. True. no. Or wacky hijinks, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, hijinks, hijinks and shenanigans go hand in hand. They it's really true, do. they do. Well, I think that's going to do it for our Under the Dome panel, guys. I want to thank Doug, Karen, Mark, Olivia, Rob, Troy, Wayne, and I'll thank myself just for the heck of it. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for everybody being here. I, I hope season three is as... Actually, I hope it's crazier. I really want it to be the kind of show where people are just in the streets, screaming, throwing their televisions on the ground because they just have no idea what happened. That, that's good TV. Great. <laughs> Doesn't it sound good? The crazier it is, the more we want to podcast about it. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> it's like I want to wake up in the morning and talk to Doug immediately. Oh my God, Doug, did you see what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and I will have missed it, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, everybody... Check out all those shows. They love to talk about the Dome. You can hear it. There's there's four shows for you to choose from. Listen to all of them because they're all great. We'll talk to all of you about Chester's Mill this season. Chester's Mill Gazette is presented by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com.